This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a mixed week here with uh, wheat and corn higher on the week. Soybeans trading lower on the week. Minneapolis wheat gaining 13 and 14 cents for the week. The winter wheat's 31 to 39 cents higher. Corn is 14 to 15 higher. Soybeans, though, trading down 38 cents for the week. Traders continued to trade Thursday's quarterly stocks report on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the USDA shocked that grain trade by raising old crop soybean production by 81 million bushels. They took the yield up to 51, up eight-tenths of a bushel. So uh, that was the bottom line. That went right to the bottom line, took the carryout up 46 percent uh, to 256 million bushels uh, versus 175 before. So the uh, tight situation in soybeans just continues to relax. That increased old crop soybean carryout was raised to 256 million bushels. The trade was looking for something closer to 174 million bushels. Planted area for soybeans also revised upward to 83.4 million acres. All wheat stored in all positions as of September 1 totaled 1.78 billion bushels, down 18% from a year ago. On-farm stocks were estimated at 419 million bushels, down 41% from last year. Off-farm wheat stocks estimated at 1.36 billion bushels, down 6% from a year ago. USDA did lower corn ending stocks 36% from a year ago to 1.24 billion bushels. Corn for grain production was revised 71 million bushels downward. Planted area revised to 90.7 million acres. Area harvested for grain was revised to 82.3 million. The 2020 average corn yield was lowered six-tenths of a bushel to 171.4 bushels per acre. The bearish reaction by the traders to that report was warranted according to Clayton Pope Commodities President Clayton Pope. I tell you, the B number, just from, from looking at the surface of this thing, looks very bearish. The B number is more more bearish than the wheat number is bullish, if you ask me. I mean, uh, relatively speaking, to, to jump that bean carry out by 81 million bushels from a month ago is a, is a very significant change. It's like a 50% increase in the carryout. Uh, the wheat numbers, they were bullish, but they're not wildly bullish, if you ask me. I mean, percentage-wise, it's not that much of a change. It's definitely uh, tighter stocks and a little bit lower production, too, but nothing like real eyebrow-raising. RML trading market analyst Terry Fitchner said USDA once again threw another curveball at the grain trade. Corn stocks, 1.237, 12.37, bean stocks, 2.56. Wheat stocks 1780 uh, pushed the wheat up and the corn and beans lower, but the corn did come back towards the end. We are in a time frame when we usually make harvest lows, and we keep wondering if that won't happen here soon. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo said the grains continued to, to react to Thursday's quarterly stocks report. Yeah, and we're reacting in a way that makes a lot of sense, both fundamentally from a supply-demand standpoint, Randy, and also the energy markets and the fertilizer markets are starting to really gain some traction in the Chicago and the trade mindset, if you ask me, in that as the energy prices go higher, the crude and the natural gas, the trade realizes that's very key to the energy-intensive commodities of wheat and especially corn. So it makes it a lot easier, I think, after the grain stocks report for the corn to follow the wheat. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Hi, I'm Andy Zenk with Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Do you have a farm transition plan in place? 
Succession and retirement planning takes time, open communication, and a full team effort. Given the complexity, it's important to work with someone who understands all the ins and outs. At Ag Country, we'll create a plan that works for you and your family. To set up a consultation, contact your local Ag Country office today. The Red River Farm Network delivers market information, but it's more than just the numbers. We talk with traders, market analysts, weather forecasters, the people in the know. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. When it's important to your bottom line, you'll get the entire story on the Red River Farm Network. This Week in News, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. President Biden signed the continuing resolution keeping the government funded through December 3rd and preventing a government shutdown. The CR features nearly $29 billion in additional disaster relief. That includes $10 billion for farmers and ranchers for disaster aid. The majority of that $10 billion disaster assistance would extend the WIP Plus program to cover losses from drought, wildfires, floods and hurricanes from the 2020 and 2021 calendar years. That's something the National Association of wheat growers CEO Chandler Gould is glad to see. Not only does it reduce the threshold, so the old threshold for disaster qualification used to be eight weeks in a D3 or, or D4 drought, has now reduced that threshold to eight weeks in a D2 because we had a lot of the country that, that was in that kind of mid-level drought that would still get just enough rain to keep it from getting in that D3 area. This is a very good thing for wheat growers across the country who either had too much rain or not enough. There's also $750 million included in disaster aid for livestock producers who experienced losses in 2021 due to the drought or wildfire. USDA unveiled a $3 billion plan to address the drought, animal diseases, and supply chains, drought recovery and water management, African swine fever prevention, and ag market disruption relief efforts will all receive $500 million apiece. USDA is proposing $1.5 billion to help schools respond to supply chain disruptions. USDA wants to pay for this with Commodity Credit Corporation funds. In Minnesota, Governor Tim Walz unveiled a $10 million drought relief package to support Minnesota producers experiencing challenges due to the dryness. This drought was as broad as we've seen, you know, probably since 88, maybe even sooner. Um, I started traveling early on in June, and, and we set up and activated the drought network. Started to look at, okay, here's what the federal government is going to do, but here's where the gaps are. Put together a package that has about 5 million grants, especially aimed at those livestock producers and specialty crop folks. We beefed up our rural finance authority. Those are zero-interest loans that let people make some decisions. Walls tells the Red River Farm Network this should help provide stability to help Minnesota farms stay in business. Now it will be up to the state legislature to approve the package in an upcoming special session. Minnesota could possibly go into a special session early this month. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum unveiled his Accelerate North Dakota plan to use federal funds from the American Rescue Plan. The plan includes $207 million in income tax relief over the next two years. There's $396 million for workforce and economic development projects, including money for livestock finishing and processing and support for autonomous agriculture. Another $590 million will be invested in capital improvements 
improvements, including roads, bridges, and broadband. Net cash income is up and farm loan delinquencies are down. A new report from FarmerMax says working capital for farmers is forecast to be at its highest level in seven years. Farm real estate values are up nationwide, including gains of 9% in South Dakota, 8.3% in Minnesota, and nearly 6% in North Dakota. Fertilizer prices are high right now. DTN Retail Fertilizer reporter Russ Quinn takes a closer look at the price increases being seen across the Midwest. Potash is up 85% from one year ago. That's the highest one. Uh, Anhydrous is up 82%. And then you got a bunch in the 70s. You got the UAN 28 and 32 are both in their mid 70s. So is MAP. And then you got a couple in the 60s, 60% higher from a year ago, and that'd be DAP and urea. And then um, the only one that's really not up significantly, and 39% is still kind of higher, but the starter fertilizer 10340 is only only up uh, 39%. By the way, supply chain issues are expected to play a role in next year's crop input availability and pricing. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai will address the Phase 1 trade agreement with China in a speech in Washington, D.C. on Monday. The White House has not offered many details about its approach to trade with China, but Tai has reportedly been doing a top-to-bottom review of the relationship. Let's look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Zarkov's relief spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Zarkov has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Zarkov. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available, pending approval, in select beta seed varieties in our American crystal market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. Keep up to date on this year's harvest here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Beta Seed, and Pivot Bio. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. Looking ahead at the long-term weather forecast, North Dakota State University state climatologist Adnan Akuz says a warm fall may be the story until we reach La Nina. All the way into the, the winter, uh, and that would, be, that would be the normal course of the, uh, the trend, Considering that the North Dakota is getting into another La Nina winter, and La Nina is usually uh, sets in in November and continues into the winter, uh, just like last year. Last winter was a La Nina winter too, but we were supposed to have cooler than normal winter and weather than normal. That was the opposite. Uh, but the one might say that the, what is the chance that the two La Ninas back to back is going to be atypical? La Nina. So if that happens, and you would usually have warmer than normal fall, but cooler than normal winters. In South Dakota, Extension State climatologist Laura Edwards is also concerned about the persisting dry conditions. 
have seen quite a bit of improvement in drought conditions in central and eastern South Dakota, and early reports of crop yields are showing a, a little higher yields than maybe we were expecting. Over the last month, things have improved, but we do have lingering long-term um, shortages in, in soil moisture. And as far as surface water goes, I know for livestock, a lot of those stock dams and surface water uh, sources are still pretty low for this time of year, and water quality is still an issue um, for the livestock. Sunflower harvest is underway near Crookston, Minnesota. Farmer Kevin Capistran says sunflowers are a bright spot this year. It's a real morale boost for the farm after a dismal soybean harvest. We got into the crop that's a lot better suited for the season, and so we saw some, some really nice yields. Uh, we're well over 2,500-pound yields on the two fields we've cut so far, and, and a lot of that's driven by the quality. We just haven't have never seen as nice a seed as we're seeing right now, just super high test weights and nice product all the way around. With the dry conditions, there is little to no disease in the sunflowers this year, which means better stem quality than usual. Pod shatter in the soybeans and stock strength in corn are the two biggest concerns for harvest. DeKalb Asgrow technical agronomist Grant Maring thinks the corn is at the most risk right now. These would be some pod shatter on the earliest beans or the uh, toughest soils. But in reality, I think that we're, we're, we're past most of that. A lot of the toughest beans have been taken off, and that's already done. The, the one to pivot over to, though, is the corn. We are in, an, in, a, in a region this year where the has and have-nots of these fields with, with enough rain or, or ample and just not enough, you know, four to five inches of moisture compared with six to ten, it's, it's so stark and it's so close together. There are hybrids and fields that are breaking down more than others. Maring adds that farmers may need to be switching between corn and soybean harvest. Farmers are starting to plant winter wheat in South Dakota. South Dakota Wheat Commission Executive Director Reed Christofferson says planting is about halfway complete. I've seen actual uh, social media posts of uh, the drill following the combine, so it's fun to, to see that kind of activity taking place. We've had some very warm conditions this week, and uh, so soybean harvest is progressing very uh, rapidly, and uh, we'll see now what happens with the uh, forecast for some rain over this next 24 hours. And that's been a look at weather here on the Red River Farm Network. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Megan Overby. What's in every Pioneer soybean? The advice and support of the Pioneer Field Team, agronomists, and sales representatives. They're delivering the most advanced herbicide-tolerant trait available in beans, the Pioneer brand Enlist E3 soybeans, altogether delivering real results and real returns. What's inside a Pioneer soybean? The power of the entire Pioneer organization. Another thing that makes Pioneer, Pioneer. Tune in to the dry bean scene on the Red River Farm Network every Friday at 1235 on this radio station. Each week we'll get an update on the dry bean crop from agronomists, farmers and processors in the region. That's the latest news in the industry coming right to your radio dial. These updates are made possible by Johnstown Bean Company, SRS Commodities, Sharpen Herbicide from BASF and the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.